go. Hey everybody, it's Stefan the Old World Gamer. Uh, welcome back to more Retro Indie Pixels podcast. We have Scott Devin Kane out again this week because he's a butt, but that's alright. He'll be back soon, someday. He'll be back. But for now, we have a special host. He was here for last week and done a fantastic job. Seemed like everyone had a pretty good time with him with me. And he's back again. His name is Six of the Engaged Gamers. If you're looking for him on Twitch, You'll find him at Six and Ghosty. He's always, always with the plug on the YouTube channel. Hi guys. Not YouTube, that's Twitch, man. Guys, help! I'm stuck in this box. Can we get Scott back, please? I don't want to be in this box. But, uh, I hear <laughs> we have a bunch of nice games this week. So oh why don't yeah. We get into it. Okay, we can do that. We can do that. Uh, first of all, let me just do something real quick. There we go. Alright, so, as you know, uh, we're going to jump right into our indie news as our first thing, so that's what we will do. And we have some great stuff. Our uh, start of our news this week is brought to you by IndieRetroNews.com. Go check them out. They always cover a lot of great old school stuff. And the first thing we're going to look at today is Arietta of Spirits, a lovely looking action adventure game that gets a demo. Alright, all oh, first, let's look at this here. And look at this, we can full screen a video now because my video card is fixed. That's why I have our faces. Ah, I'm sorry, I got excited. He's way too excited. But uh, I think the most important thing is this game looks like it could be a lot of fun. Um, I love the style, it's very Stardew Valley ish. Mm-hmm. Like, when they had the portraits come up and stuff, it's really nice. This is actually really well done pixel art right here. Oh, alright. Oh, alright. Uh, I can get used to this. Oh, and some slimes in the forest. I like those Boss queen. Dude. Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is that, a giant octorock? Oh, he just plopped in the room. Okay. Story-driven action-adventure. Yes! Yes, please. I love that. I like that it's open-world and not dungeony. actually. It's kind of nice. Demo out now. <laughs> Alright, so... That's the trailer. <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, if you're looking for a charming-looking action-adventure, you might be interested in playing Arietta of Spirits, which is not only in development for the PC, there's a demo available, and it's currently on Steam. Well, let me just move my mic a little bit closer so you guys may be able to hear me a bit better. Alright, according to the developers, this game is a story-driven action-adventure following Arietta on her journey to unveil the mysteries of the spirit realm, filled with emotion and surprising turns. The game tells the story of Arietta and her family, visiting their grandmother's cabin for the first time after her passing away a year prior. However, the family trip takes an unexpected turn when Arietta meets a mysterious new friend and gains the ability to see the strange beings that inhabit the island. The game features a secluded island with lush forests, murky caverns, and dark secrets, fascinating characters, a wide range of enemies in reaction-based combat, and finally, if you play the demo right now, the whole beginning act of the game. 
Ooh. Beginning act. Wow. Let's have a it look at this. So, Arietta of Spirits.itch.io will bring you to the game's main page. This looks fucking great. I, it sounds I'm, like its story might be inspired by Stardew Valley. Oh, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Um, I, I like the, the, the pixel look of it. It's very, fa like, really good. It's fantastic. Uh, I like, like I said, the, the, when it comes up with, like, having the, the little portrait pictures and then the text there for, uh, during conversations and stuff, that's very Stardew Valley to me, but the, like, character sprites themselves obviously aren't the same, you know, tall shape that Stardew Valley would have, but it's its own thing, and I like the little intricate details that they have. Let's, like, have a look inside this house. Look at that. Little tea kettle with some steam coming up, some, some plates back there. Was that must be the fine china. Some hands behind the stove. This is I love this. I love this kind of stuff. It's so awesome. A little attention to details in small spaces has always been important in video games. There you go. I mean look, is that a picture of cream? Is that milk in that picture? Like not sure. what's in the cupboard? Ah, and the game will never <laughs> tell you. So you're just looking at it and like, wow, it's so <laughs> look at it. I want to interact with it, but no, you're not allowed. You know, it looks like it's very captivating, uh, like like we were saying, a little bit like Stardew Valley, but instead, of course, of farming and stuff here, it's more of the adventure-based part, which is great. The, but again, it's it's still its own sprite style, so... But yeah, no, I love it. I think it looks great. Uh, I guess if we see any more on this, we will definitely be covering it, because it looks what great so far. Oh, I'm pointing the wrong way. I got to point over there. Ah, oh, I'm all discombobulated. What do we got next? All right, up next we have Knights and Demons 2, a new ZX Spectrum game from Kabuto Factory. All right, let's have a look at the trailer. Oh, it should be going over there in a second. Oh, it's very slow. Oh, okay, it's, it's a little faster than I thought. Look, although the enemies look like they move slowly. This looks like fun. Uh, dungeon crawler? Literally. He's crawling. Oh, he's definitely crawling. Like, there doesn't look like any immediate danger, really. I mean, yes, like, some of them can kind of, like trap you in some areas there, but I mean, other than that, it looks like it's all pretty straightforward, really. Yeah, it looks like they don't want you to fight, according to this. Oh, uh, that one kind of chases you, it looks like. Uh, take, yeah, you take some damage every time you move, and more if you touch one of them, obviously, so that makes sense. Oh, okay. So it's this almost like a gauntlet-type thing. Mm-hmm. Gives it kind of an arcade <coughs> feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very puzzling. Uh, the the ZX Spectrum seems to be very limited in its capability, anyways. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing more of the ZX Spectrum games that actually take advantage of the system's full power and you know that gives you something that's like moving fast. And we've seen a few things like that, so I know it is possible. But again, I guess depending on what kind of you know intricate details you decide to put into the game, might you know task the actual uh, hardware itself. So. 
So, anyways, great news. If you want to play more ZX Spectrum games, it's thanks to Andre Luna Liao. I may have butchered that. We've been told you can now play Kabuto Factory's new ZX Spectrum by Baron Ashler and Manuel Gomez called Knights and Demons 2. According to the video description, Knights and Demons 2 is by the same team behind Future Racer and was written by the Bite Maniacs 2020 Basic Competition. Ah, now that makes more sense. If it's a if it was a game that was originally done for competition, then they kind of had to like speed through it as quickly as possible, kind of thing, which would make sense. So, um, and again, like why kind of deter from what the original make of the game was, you know, by adding and stuff like that. Other than unless it was like you, you really found like a lot of love into it, and then you said, okay, well, let's put in more detail, kind of thing. So. It's still an interesting game. I, I like the life ticking down mechanic. It seems like it would be fun to play with that. Also stressful, but definitely different. And then you see all those rooms on that map. Ah. Oh, uh, okay. So, apparently it says in the description, or uh, further down here, the description also says you must collect six lots of weapons in a dungeon before your energy runs out. You avoid the enemies, especially the ones with the blue helmets which will steal a group of weapons you've collected. Collecting food will replenish some energy. Okay, well obviously there had to be some means of getting your energy back up. Collecting food, yummy. Um, yeah, I like How everything about this food? game. Uh, is it out now? Can I go get this? Uh, yeah, it's out now. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna play this. I want to see you play some ZX Spectrum games on, uh, on stream. Just emulate them. We'll, we'll, we'll watch. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting. Well, it's like games that I never had access to. And, <laughs> oh, what's this? Justice Beaver, the Great Timber Tantrum, upcoming SNES game by Collector Vision Games. This could be promising. Also, if they put this into a SNES friggin' box, I'm gonna poop. Justice Beaver, the Great Timber Tantrum. Looks nice so far, your typical... Ooh! Wait, does he have a gun? Oh, you do. You have a little... Okay, and you have ammo as well. Collecting grapes. Gurps. Dare I say gurps. Oh, you sneak under stuff and you get a gun. Okay. Wondered what that ammo was all about. This looks like a lot of fun. Is that some product placement I'm seeing over <laughs> there? I can't believe this guy. <laughs> well, you know who send us the, the thing. We'll, we'll I mean, hey, listen. If they if they wanted to send me flavors that I can get here, I'm more than happy to horn myself for that. <laughs> Back to the game. This looks beautiful. Uh, I like. It, it runs really smooth, and it does look like. A traditional SNES game, like they didn't over like do it. They didn't like, you know what I mean? Like it, it looks like it would have came from the era, which is perfect, in my opinion, anyways. Again, I don't mind like like super polished games. I'm not saying this isn't super polished either, but they went obviously for a specific style, and I, I love it. <laughs> it feels very um, SNES, and it also feels very arcade like too. Like I. I I could feel like playing this in the 80s for sure on an arcade somewhere. 
I want to say it's probably more like uh, TurboGrafx-16 or something. There's just a little more detail here. Well, the thing is, well, TurboGrafx-16 was uh, an earlier 16-bit system, but uh, I don't know if it had the capabilities of the SNES or not. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. It's probably something I should get more into is the hardware specs of some of the older systems mm -hmm. because, well... Or maybe Genesis. I don't know. Maybe not exactly SNES, but definitely that era. And that's nice when a game you can't exactly compare it to one system or another. No, see, um, a lot of stuff. It, it, it just reminds me of some of the like I mentioned this before. I think in the last podcast actually that uh, if you go and refer to Beavis and Butthead, you, you might understand what I'm talking about. Like just the way that the pixels look. Is more uh, SNES than like Sega is, and then maybe it's different types of like layering that they use or something. Again, I'm not 100 percent sure, but like, mm -hmm. again, this it would, if if someone said, "Oh, this came out in like, you know, '94," I'd be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that means yeah, okay." I didn't play it, but no. '94, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, uh, definitely an interesting game. Let's, uh... Alright, so... Collector Vision Games have announced that a new video update to their upcoming SNES game, Justice Beaver. According to the team behind the game, Justice Beaver was initially influenced by a great game called Rick Dangerous. However, they have listened to the fans and are now making this game completely unique, including one-of-a-kind level designs and new gameplay. Justice Beaver will feature challenging levels with colorful graphics, fun gameplay, and challenging enough to warrant high replayability. Justice Beaver also uses both a gun and bombs for weapons, and it's his goal to save the world for some, from some evil saboteurs. It's up to you to help him along the way. So yeah, it does look like one of those platformer games where you can, like, in Sonic, where you can go to, like, several different ways through the level, and you'll still make it from point A to point B kind of thing. Which, like they said, does give it a lot of replayability because then you're like, oh, wait, I didn't know that this power-up was here. Or I didn't know that, you know, this thing I had to get was over there. And, and that's that was the fun thing about the SNES is that's when stuff like collecting items was more of a, like on Donkey Kong Country, when you had to go and like, okay, I've got to get every bonus. I'm getting 101% Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this. I really hope they do a box release. That would be freaking awesome. Let's go to the website and have a look real quick. CollectorVision.com. Am I going to find another gaming company that I'm going to be like, I love you. <laughs> Can I just play all of your games forever? Oh, hello. Yes, oh, let me just, I'll just, let me just browse a little bit. Dead Tomb in development. Are we... Sydney Hunter and the Caverns of Death in development. I think we've read or we've done something about that one. Dead Tomb looks interesting. And then Meteor Swarm. That's for just the NES. And they have a bunch of other Oh my god. More These, game. I did not Okay, let's just go and eh. Yeah, done. Oh, SNES cartridge. Oh, so they, okay, they do have the Sydney podcast. Hunter. Okay, so there we go. We did. They actually. I, I thought I'd seen Sydney Hunter before. They actually have it already released on SNES. What were you saying? For <laughs> anyone listening to the podcast, they do have a SNES hard copy. It looks like. 
So uh, if you're interested in that. Okay, uh, that's cartridge only. This is must be in box. Oh, wow. So if they're releasing that in box, that means it's going to be, well, Justice Beaver will be $60. Uh, Sydney Hunter and the Caverns of Death are uh, $50 for PAL, $40 for uh, NTSCU. But now I'm actually interested in this other game, Dead Tomb. Description and development in the year 3017, the video core. Your employer sends you to study the last ice age, which ended about 10,000 BC. During this long journey through space and time, your ship is experiencing some technical problems. While you fly to Egypt 1300 BC, you have to land your ship for repairs. The only accessible place is the truncated top of a huge pyramid. You're Almost done. The only thing left is to replace the diamond, which is used for space-time generator. When the pharaoh is sent you to first, first soldiers find you. You woke up inside the pyramid with a huge bump on your head. Okay. <gasps> Not a bump on the head. Why always a bump on the head? Steve, oh. it's what? like Shadowgate. Hello, game. Oh! Okay. All right. Now I want to play this even more now. God damn it. The world just keeps pumping out more stuff that I don't have money for. And I keep crying and drooling. It's very messy and wet. It's <laughs> not a good wet. Anyways, let's go to our next thing. Mage Rage, upcoming arcade maze. ZX Spectrum game from Andy Green and John Davies. Alright. Now... This is more of the basic look that I'm used to from ZX Spectrum when they actually do stuff that's a little bit more fun. Uh, Atari 2600-like, arcade-like, you know, fun. So, uh, I'm, I'm interested. Let's see. Mage. Rage. Oh, okay. Hold on, though. Enter the Ravenous Beast Evil... Get the... F Evil Lair. Find 20 magical swirls and escape. Okay. Swirls? <laughs> travel eastwards if you dare, young wizard. Okay, cool. You get to travel. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, God. The way those enemies move are so trippy. Like, it's very RNG. Oh, my God. Wait, he just got cast of a spell there, it looks like. Yep. I think that's the, the mage's way of attacking, is just to... Okay. Uh, firing, uh, I guess, little fireballs. Okay. Wow, I like this game. Yeah, I this looks... And this is what I was talking about, see? When you see stuff like this in the ZX Spectrum, this looks fucking awesome. It's really simple, but yep. it doesn't have to be complicated. Exactly. Oh, you can open up different ways by going to the arrows. Yep. Ah, so, but you have to open... I guess you can only have one arrow open at a time? That's what it was looking like. Those, like... Pikachus? No, oh, bats. Jeez. Those are rats, oh. it looks like. I gotcha. Ooh, the dice. What does that mean? Cast your magic, little mage. 
Jeez. Whoa! Does he have to get like seven more of them to get like some kind of bonus, I wonder? Oh my god. Okay, so I kind of got totally taken away by the trailer. I'm sorry. I was trying to figure out what the dice were doing as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like we might find that out uh, further down here once I get uh, into the description there. Alright, so here's an upcoming game just announced by Andy Green. It's Mage Rage. A uh, uh, game that's in development for the ZX Spectrum by John Davies and a Andy Green. And is classed as an enjoyable top-down maze shooter developed with AG AGDX Mini that is set for release at some point during this month. According to Andy Green, Mage Rage is a top-down maze shooter developed with the AGDX Mini. And we just said that up there. You play the... <laughs> Part of Mercure, the mage, who must venture forth into the ravenous beast's evil lair full of spiders, bats, rats, goblins, and trolls, and recover the magical swirls just stolen from Stone Circle earlier that morning whilst you were busy meditating. The lair also handily contains pressure pads to open doors, wizard bolt refills, and life energy, which will all help to keep you alive. Okay. So you still didn't tell us much about the, the dice. Unfortunately. Uh oh. But yeah, I would I would play this. I would easily play the crap out of this. It looks fun, and it looks like it's something that you could easily speed run as well if you really wanted to. Like especially if like I don't know if it's uh if if all these different stages are randomly generated or not. The oh okay, they actually have names at the top of the screen as well. Looks like we have Steve Gondor. Oh, it's coming. Yeah, it looks like Infested Hollows, so you can see the name of the uh, actual level at the top of the screen. But yeah, if the, these levels are RNG-based, then yeah, this this would be just fun to play regularly, really. But if it's all the same, then this would be fun to speedrun. Definitely be fun to speedrun. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Alright! Our next game is Pinball Dreams CPC. Hot news as Fantastic Amiga Classic on the Amstrad CPC is finally here. Okay, well let's go have a look and see what it looks like. See, this is what I was talking about. The UK has a lot of, like, cool little, like, PC consoles, like, home PC consoles. I'm pretty sure an Amstrad is a lot like that. I know what a ZX Spectrum is. Digital Illusions? That company sounds familiar. Okay, so it looks like there's a bunch of different pinball games you can play. Oh, F1, F2, F3, F4. <laughs> Space toggles menu high score screen. Okay. This looks like it's going to run fast. I want to see gameplay already. Oh, 
Alright, here you go. So far it looks pretty good. Nice. Everything looks fast? Oh yeah. Oh dude, yeah, this is proper. Oh. <laughs> lost oh, in space. Yes. Oh no. We got lost in space. Yeah, more pinball please, apparently. I didn't know I wanted this game until it was put in front of my face like this. <laughs> a good pinball game, especially on like a console, is hard to find. They were pretty good on PC. You can find some decent ones. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's some like really a good pinball, video game pinball connoisseurs out there who will probably be able to tell you which games are great. I've always wanted to play through a pinball quest, but I've never had a chance to actually do it and actually finish the game, so. And this one brings up memories of that game for you. Look mm -hmm. at how good it is. Actually, oh. this reminds me a little bit of Pinbot, but this has several different uh, games, obviously, so. Oh yeah, see these are, oh this is pretty cool, yeah. So the Amstrad obviously runs as good as a Nintendo by the looks of it. Actually, if not better, because, yeah, this is, like, super flowy. I like it. Wow, I'm so sorry, <laughs> I will be right back. No problem. So, at the end of 2016-2017, we announced the fantastic Amoeba pinball game, Pinball Dreams by Digital Illusion CE92. I'd finally been made available as a preview download in the Amstrad CPC by none other than Batman Group, creators of the same, uh, scene demo Batman Forever. Well, here we are again, and we are pleased to tell you that after much excitement in global, Amstrad loads up, load ups, what, oh my god, that was so hard. Well, here we are again, as we are pleased to tell you that after much excitement in global, Amstrad load ups of the brilliant preview, Batman Group has finally announced that they have released an almost accurate gaming experience to that of the Amiga 500 called Pinball Dream CPC, which is what we're watching here now, I believe. Pinball Dreams. That's uh, answer. So yeah, this is the same thing. It looks like. Yeah, it's the same thing. So, uh, Pinball Dreams was, and still is, the most amazing of pinball games, and the appearance of the beatbox table on the Amstrad CPC blew us all away with smooth scrolling, great detail, and stunning 8-bit sound, which was a remarkable achievement on the 8-bit machine. But now, after all this time, and after our previous exclusive preview, you can now play Pinball Dreams CPC with all the tables completely intact and amazingly playable on the Amstrad system. So, if you have an Amstrad, and you like pinball, Pinball Dreams is the way to go. It looks like, like I said, there's at least five different tables here. Uh, one, two, or maybe it's only four. Sorry, my bad. Four, but still, four tables is better than one. And people are usually happy with just the one most times, so. I don't know if Elizabeth is mocking there or not, but he seems to have an Amstrad, which I'm very jealous about. I'd love to play lots of hours of this game. Oh god, I would love to have an Amstrad. Very beautiful game. Alright, so I wasn't exactly sure what to think of this. <laughs> this is... Okay, a game called Pappy Commando. Upcoming Sega Master System platformer 
from Studio Vitea. Alright, so let's have a look at this. So, Studio Vitae are no strangers to the Sega system games. What with the previous release of Bomb on Basic City for the Bomb on Basic City for the Sega Genesis back in 2016. That's thanks to an updated tweet, they have told us they are now working on a new game called Pappy Commando, an action pl platformer that is coming to the Sega Master System near you at some point in the near future. I'd like to see a little bit more of this on a bigger screen. Oh, there's no quality thing thing. You can see, oh, there we go, buffered enough. Yeah. Yeah, this looks very Sega Master System. Look at that, uh, look at that plain ass background. Uh, no, you mentioned it, now I see it. Oh, yeah, but no, I mean, the, the gameplay is where it's at usually with the Master System anyways, really. Right, this looks like fun. See, the gameplay was so enticing, I didn't notice the background until he said something. It's really fast, though. It looks like it runs, like, really quickly. Well, it looks like they're not trying to do anything too complicated mm -hmm. in a single sprite or anything, so I think it'll work out. Um, it looks like something I'd play, too. Okay, regarded by some uh, as an Alex Kidd ROM hack, the developers have announced the video above, not only does it feature the Alex Kidd engine with Kidden, but lots of modifications in the source code, as well as gameplay features such as enjoyable platforming elements, including plenty of enemies, traps, and nicely designed levels. Alright, so... That doesn't look too bad. I would play it, for sure. I wasn't sure what to expect at first, so I'm, I'm glad it looked better than, than what my original thought was, so that's, that's good. It sounded strange, and it, it really did. oddly basic and hard to hate. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so, <laughs> this is a bit of a strange game. Vegetables, a fabulous Commodore 64 Match 3 game, has been ported to the Amiga. So, I've seen these type of games before where you, well, as, as it says, you match three of them up and then they go away and then other, other ones fall in or, you know, something like that. So, well, we'll skip ahead in the video and we'll find out real quick. Yeah, they fall down from the top, it looks like, so, get out of here. Alright, it's now the Amiga's turn for some hot gaming news as we've just been given a heads up through our email that Rick, um, Jesus. Mike Richmond's Vegetables has been released for the Commodore Amiga via the Double Sun Games website. Yes, indeed, if you've heard of this game before, it's because it was originally developed by Mike Richmond for the RGCD 16K competition 2019, and later released through Double Sided Games for the Commodore 64 as an overall deluxe version. Vegetables by Mike Richmond is an addictive match three puzzle game originally written for the RGCD 16K competition 2019 as previously stated. Uh, with a basic um, objective to swap adjacent shapes to form lines of three or more in a row with each successful swap giving you an even higher score. In terms of the Amiga version, however, which is likely to keep the enjoyable gameplay intact and has been released as of today via the double-sided... See, this is like basically regurgitated the same thing that was kind of strange. Alright, so anyways, yeah, it, I don't know what it is with these types of games, but they're strangely enjoyable. Very easy, but also very enjoyable. 
Uh, I mean, look at uh, was it Candy Crush and you know and Cookie Jam and there's like a billion of them. Everyone loves them, so I mean you can't really go out. Whoa. Okay, you're a big one. Terrible. Um, I play them, but I end up falling asleep because I end up trying to pair so many times. It's just it's the same thing I could do with Pokemon. You play it too much and you get tired. You, you just keep playing and keep playing, and eventually oh, I can't make even one more pair in the case of this kind of game. With me. So, um, yeah, uh, I could see it being fun, but over here it's making me more tired tonight. Thanks, game. Oh, no space for all these consoles. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have them, you obviously do have the space for them. <laughs> yeah, space and storage, probably in Eliza Barr's case. Could be. All right, so, ooh, a game I'm familiar with for the NES, actually. Popeye, Atari 8-bit arcade classic improvement released. Alright, now here's a blast from the past, as it's not the Amstead version of Papa, but an arcade Atari 8-bit improvement to the original Atari XIXE arcade port of a Nintendo platformer by Parker Bros, released way back in 1982-1983, in a similar vein to Donkey Kong, albeit not as good. You play as Popeye, must collect musical, uh, or sorry, Hearts musical notes, and the letters H-E-L-P that the lovable character Olive drops on the top of the screen. But be warned, just like the cartoon, Brutus will get in your way to help this bad sea hag. Whoa. That sounds gross. You can avoid being grabbed from above, below, or sideways by Brutus, or punch the bottles thrown in your direction. You, you may just be able to grab a piece of spinach and turn the tables on the big bully. If you grab all the items needed, the levels of success, and you're on your way to the next... In regards to the changes, however, by Tix, T-I-X, Tix, Olive Sprite has been changed, uh, minor tweaks to Popeye and Brutus, bottle change with Playsoft Magic, and possibly more detailed in the forums below. So I guess they're basically trying to get even closer to the, um, the NES version. Now the only thing that I've seen that was different was that uh, when Brutus isn't on your level, it looks like you can still get bottles thrown at you. Which is a different thing that they did not have in the NES version. Take that. Unless it's on later levels that I didn't get to play. Oh, and then he got punched by Brutus. That's what you get for standing underneath him. See, now that looked like, that was supposed to be the baby. Oh no, there's the baby up there. I don't get that. Anyways. It's a very fun arcade game. There's only three levels, but it repeats over and over, and they do make it a little bit harder each time. Uh, the Sea Hag, I think, is the lady who throws the um, skulls at you once you uh, once uh, you're in, like the skulls will bounce down the platforms and try to come after you, kind of thing. But I don't know if you've uh, played any Popeye before, Mister Six. I. I played it as an adult and I did not play much of it, so I'm going to reserve comment here. I don't think I have anything to add on this one. And, uh, yeah. It's not an easy game. Oh my god. Yeah, it's so strange that, like, a random bottle just comes out of nowhere. Hmm. Anyways, let's go to our next one.
Alright, so we were mentioning this before. Keystone Capers, another great Atari to C64 conversion from Chopper Command Team. Alright, so, um, while many of you had the chance to play the stonkingly good Atari to C64 conversion of Chopper Command by Antonio Savona, Stephen Day, Saul Cross, and Fleming Martins, which was released only recently, Today is the day the same team have released the next game in the Activision lineup, as thanks to a heads up by Saberman. We've been told they've released the 1983 game Keystone Capers by Activision for the C64. Now, before I continue any more on this article, I know we covered an article like this recently. Now, I don't know if it was released at the time or not. Because I was saying that Robin's a big fan of this game. She she grew up playing it on the Atari herself, so she actually enjoys it quite a bit. And uh, and it's another reason for me to get Commodore 64. So I mean, hey, I'm, I'm down. And it looks like it runs nice and smooth and everything. Uh, I don't think I've played much of it myself. Now I know that uh, I think you have to like stop bad guys. Uh, so the time limit must stop a thief at all costs from raiding a department store before he escapes from the roof above. So then there's hazards and stuff that you gotta dodge and use uh, elevators and escalators and stuff. So <clears throat> there's a few different games like that for uh, a lot of different consoles and stuff. But uh, I, I haven't played too much of these personally. I don't know if you played any yourself. This looks like something I would have loved to have played. I mean, I don't know, did you ever play much of the Atari 2600 at all, or? The only time I ever got to play any Atari, it died. The first oh. time it was supposed to load up, it died. Okay. So, um, I don't even know what Atari it was, but this kid was like, yeah, you want to play Atari? And I was like, an Atari? And it never loaded. Damn. Alright, so... We're going to move on to some more news. Alright, so we've covered the Atari VCS before. What is going on in that ad? Let's just move that. Atari VCS to offer thousands of retro games via AntStream Arcade Partnership. We also covered another article on AntStream Arcade, which is basically going to include... Okay, let's see. Um... Atari said it wants to, the app to debut with at least uh, 50 Atari home and arcade titles, as well as the full lineup of licensed retro classics from fan-favorite consoles like the Nintendo 64, Sega Genesis, Neo Geo, and NES. This is in addition to the 100-plus games that you'll be provided with each complimentary copy of Atari Vault that ships with every VCS. So, answering for those not familiar, is an on-demand retro gaming content provider that turned to Kickstarter for funding. Uh, they also, uh, Atari also used the media opportunity to share a photo of the Atari VCS pre-production motherboard that's hot off the presses. AMD's custom processor with Radeon graphics is visible in the shot, as are some of the system's I.O. ports. Atari, <clears throat> excuse me. Atari's retro-inspired console is still on track for a late 2019, early 2020 launch, as we're told. So, I'm not going to lie, the Atari VCS looks good. The big thing here is that, yes, it's nice that they've got a partnership with Anstream Arcade, but um, 
how does Nintendo and Sega and like SNK feel about this this streaming on demand streaming content? It's or streaming retro gaming content like. The thing about that is, is I don't think they're going to care too much. As long as they can sell their hard copies, this doesn't interfere with that. That's true, I suppose, but... Because um, I think a lot of those games, like on the N64, I think they're going to want to put those on the Mini, mm. and they're going to want to sell whatever copies through that. Although, they'll sell a ton of those anyways, I would imagine. But this looks like... A, the VCS actually looks like a really it's nice sleep console. So if it's coming, I want to look at that motherboard again, so I can yeah. tell people uh, in just the listening portion of the podcast about it. That thing is beautiful. It's got Atari's little stamp on there, but it looks like it's built to last. Oh yeah, that it looks like a typical motherboard. motherboard. Looks like make it look like make ah, excuse me makes it look like it's a metal. Am I the only one who thinks that, Mister OWG? Makes it look like a what? A metal. I mean, like an army metal. Or a Olympics yeah. medal? No, like M E T A L. Oh. What do you mean, like the entire board itself? Yeah. Oh, no, you wouldn't be able to do that. You'd have to use some kind of metal that would be non conductive, and I'm not sure if there's. Well, it looks like they're compensating for conductivity by making it uh, have a layer over that. Well, I, I mean, they have the they have it's a it's a blue uh, colored motherboard. They've done and it I've could just be before. silicone, but uh, okay, it's, if they've been seen before, I don't know. Just it looks like metal to me, and I'm kind of freaking out about it for no reason. There, <laughs> don't mind me. It looks really nice though for the main board of uh, any gaming system. Yeah, it's I don't know. See, it's been so long since I've been doing electronics that, uh, like, I know what all these little pieces would be if I could actually see what those little tiny numbers are saying there, but... Six has never seen a polished PCB. <laughs> Listen, I'm just a poor boy. I live under a rock. See, up there is the sky. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> moving on. Anyways, the Atari VCS... Looks like an interesting console. Uh, it's interesting that they have the Anstream Arcade partnership, so we'll see what becomes of that when it actually gets released. Alright, so the Atari 2600 is receiving a bowling game by a fan. Alright, so sports games in the Atari 2600. Oh my god, what is wrong with my. We do this all the time in the podcast. It wasn't so bad last week, this week and worse. Sports games on the Atari 2600 were not all that popular. Sure, developers tried, but the limitations of the hardware reared their ugly heads quite often. One sport that was overlooked early on in gaming in general, let alone on the Atari VCS, was bowling. There was only one bowling game officially released, and that was in 1979, developed by Larry Kaplan. His name sounds very familiar. Well, soon we will be able to add Pro Bowling by Atari Age forum member E. Smith, or E.A. Smith, um, to that short list of bowling games on the early Atari console. Larry Kaplan's taken to elbow throwing out sport was a side view variety, uh, side view affair, sorry. Graphically, much like most VCS games, you had to use your imagination. Uh, a lot, or a lot. <laughs> 
I'm not knocking this early effort, just warning those uh, that are new to Atari games, it's not what you're thinking, I'm sure. Uh, EA Smith's take is more modern in that it is behind and above the, the player character with a pseudo-3D viewpoint. Your character hangs out at the bottom of the screen with the pins resting at the end of the lane about three quarters up the screen. Above the pins is a representation of which pins remain to be knocked down. Okay. Pseudo 3D. I got you. That's that cool. Decent, yeah. Over on the Atari Age forums, EA Smith mentions focusing on that pin representation in bowling. The pins at the end of the lane are just a graphical representation. The pins above are literally what they are in the game are literally what they are in the game world. Keep that in mind when trying to work in progress demo. Oh, keep that in mind when trying the work in progress demo out. Ah, part of the imagination gamers had to put into bowling several decades ago was the gen gender of their character. This is one thing that is being tackled with pro bowling. The latest update offers male and female player characters selectable via the color B and W toggle on the console. It's a nice touch. That's kind of nice. Minor, but it's something. Mm -hmm. It's an odd something. There you go, it's there. Atari 2600 bowling game. Yeah, I mean, if they only had the one game, I'm sure it's... I mean, people who do like playing the Atari 2600 still would probably look forward to something like this. Mm-hmm. Alright, so, speaking of the Atari 2600, I guess. Japanese Samurai Martial Arts title Bushido Atari 2600 Band. Alright, so the way of the warriors, that is what Bushido translates into. Saved, saved you a search on Wikipedia and personally learned something in the process. Uh, Bushido is not just a collective term for fighting with honor, but also the name of a new Atari 2600 title currently in development. Okay. Do we get any video? Is that image it? That's all we have right now, yeah. I want more than this image, and if you could see it, you would want to know more about it. Yeah, this it's game basically too. a tree that's a bunch of <laughs> rectangles and, two, and, a, and a square, and then two, two dudes. Samurai. With uh, health. They're so. the same sprite. They both have health, but they're different colors. They're different colors. So, first, there are only three levels to fight in Cherry Train to Background, Winter Stage, and Bridge of Destiny. Next, the fire button swings your katana, and the joystick moves your samurai. Interestingly, fatigue has been programmed into Bushido as it takes time to regain enough energy to swing again. Pressing up makes him jump. Add a direction to jump that way and press the fire button in the air to swing your sword. Next, each player can take three hits before the match is over. Third hit will result in a decapitation. Wow, finally Bushido is two player only. Wow, so... You can go and download it for your 20, Atari 2600. It's free. Two player only. I don't hear many games that are two player only, but I would play this game. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Atari 2600, you're getting some nice games tonight. Apparently, and, yeah. Uh, we're doing some 2600 stuff tonight. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. So, Sega Arcade Classics House of the Dead 1 and 2 are coming to the Nintendo Switch. <clears throat> so, anyone who's not familiar with this, this is basically typing, uh, as far as I know, isn't it? 
Or, no, that's typing of the day, isn't it? Oh! Yeah, this is the, the game version that's not about typing. Ah. So, it seems Nintendo Switch is picking up a couple more Sega arcade classic titles. House of the Dead 1 and 2 are getting the remake treatment by Forever Entertainment, a Polish game developer. You may be familiar with this company already as they are working on remaking Panzer Dragoon and Panzer Dragoon's way. Anyone that has given any of the House of the Dead games run through can tell you these undead are not all slow. This is a slight sidestep of the classic horror trope, which is often portrayed as slow and plotting. Sure, there are those types of enemies here, just they're not all that common. As of the Dead 1 and 2 features a decent bit of variety between the zombies as well. Oh, this is the um, the shooter one. Oh, that's cool. That's what I meant to say. Is This, this is the game version is that you're playing uh, arcade shooter. I wonder if... Uh, they had just the guns for this, or uh-huh. it doesn't look like you're actually walking around. So I think this may just be. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you would be using your like your little uh, controllers or whatever too, right? Yeah. So with your firepower, you can further customize them by removing limbs, parts of their heads, etc. Before you dispatch them for good, these zombies are also higher functioning. And that they can use weapons and can use doors. This makes them already more dangerous than you might expect at first. Right now, there is a lot of discussion in the gaming press about just what these two games will be on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Nintendo Life is concerned over the exact details of the scope of the project. They go on to claim that they feel this will be like the Panzer Dragoon remake. Take the original game and make it in HD. I'm cool with that. That would be quite interesting. Metro.co.uk are a little more forward with their concerns over the scope of these two House of the Dead titles coming to Nintendo Switch. They feel wary of how accurately terms like remake and reboot are translated. Uh, I must agree with that concern. Uh, could we be in for a surprise like Streets of Rage 4? Ooh. So, um, yeah, there, there has been a lot of controversy over that recently with games being in... Um, the remake and reboot kind of stages because it seems like they do just sometimes they just do minor graphical upgrades and that's it and some people are fine with it and other people aren't it all just depends on the person most times i think it also depends on the quality of the project and an individual's expectations with it like me with final fantasy 8 they updated enough to, to make me happy, and I'm a fan of the game, so I'm probably just going to be happy anyways. You yeah. might not want to pay 20 bucks for it again, but that's pretty cheap for remakes in this day and age. Yeah. So I'm just going to use that one as my example. I'm sure there are examples on the other side and in the middle, but that's the one we have today, and I'd like to apologize to anyone who isn't represented uh, in this argument here. Well, see, the other thing about it is that what a lot of the players who enjoy these games and have already played these games don't really take into account is that a lot of these remakes are for games that people probably didn't get to play a lot of and there's only a niche community for it. So this is bringing these games more into light so that you get a bigger community and you get more of a following and maybe you might get another game or a better remake or reboot of the game in the future. But they don't see that right away. They just see, I'm not getting something better. Wah, wah, wah. And it's like, listen, 
think about the person who's never gotten to play. I, I don't know if I've ever gotten to play this. So, uh, because I've, you know, I think that looks fun that I've got to play it, that I'm an idiot now because, oh, it's only slightly changed from the way it used to be. Well, I didn't get to play the way it used to be, so it looks great to well, me. Yeah, see, and there's all kinds of different arguments that are going to be had about every make and remake now mm -hmm. nowadays. Um, it's, it's just interesting like that. When we have games that didn't get full circulation in the past... And now they're trying to recirculate those, like the big popular titles that are, are on main consoles nowadays. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets this game. Everybody. Yep. Because it's a game. Just like Final Fantasy VIII. Most people in the Final Fantasy community, from what I've seen personally, most people are have hard-ons for 6, 7, and 4. And that's basically nine. It. You have your your niche for uh, nine is has a larger niche than most, but usually most of them are all more less smaller communities, like one and two and three. No one really talks about them all that much. Oh, I played one when I was a kid a billion times, and I loved it. But Final Fantasy VII now is the best ever. Cause, yeah, you know. Well. It's, it's weird, because 7 definitely isn't my favorite, no. and it's interesting because it's getting more time for its remake than my favorite got. So there's all kinds of arguments that you have that break down because of this little remake footnote that that's at the, at the edge of this uh, game here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's interesting that we can have this sub-discussion because the topic is like laid into our laps here. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, no, I mean, honestly, <clears throat> I just think that people have to just calm down on, like, worrying about that kind of stuff and just enjoy that the game is being released and to be enjoyed another way. And if, it's if you like it, good. good. If you don't, then don't go out of your way to make problems for other people. Yeah, just don't play it. Like, go back and play it on you know, your console nah. instead. But it's up to you. <laughs> Alright, so, up next, oh boy, oh baby, you know what it is, it's time to look through the OWG Steam queue, it looks like we have some juicy stuff there, I think I also see a wrestling game, but let's just take one game at a time, shall we? Don't even start yet, it's the Steam queue, I've seen some of the best games I've ever wanted to play. <laughs> Alright, so you have Cube World, which looks like it's very voxel. But it looks like it's fast, very bright, sh nice shaders and stuff. Uh, it looks like it has mixed reviews. It only just came out like less than a, mm -hmm. about a week ago, yeah. Mm -hmm. So this game has existed longer than that. I'm familiar with Cube World. Ah, oh, it was probably in beta before, and it's just fully released now. Yeah, that does make sense, especially when yeah. the reviews are four thousand one hundred nineteen. Um, and it's mixed reviews because it stayed in beta for, for so, so long. long. Yeah. People are very unhappy. <laughs> but I've wanted this game. How much is it right now? Right now it is $22.79. So you're looking at <sighs> like eighteen ninety nine American or something. I can actually afford this game right now and I want to go buy it. <laughs> like, you have no idea. I've wanted this game for so long. Oh, so there like it is in fun. the Steam Cube. Uh, your gameplay is based on your class. Ah, huh, okay. 
and you you're pretty well customizable you can be different races um and you can be different heights and you can have different hair eyes so on and so forth i like the map after too uh i've watched a lot of play of this game uh, it gets grindy late game but if you like the art style and the mechanics and stuff. I like the world so generation quite a bit as well. It looks really nice so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was one thing I liked a lot about Minecraft. Which I can't wait until we start doing that, dude. It's going to be fun. So anyone watching in the or listening in the podcast later on, Cube World, much recommended game. You should check it out. Yeah, it doesn't look terrible at all. It's open world adventure, multiplayer RPG. Like I said, it's voxel but it's very fast, and it's very bright and vibrant. Uh, and like I said, it's got really nice like, shading and stuff. So it's really cool. I like it. And I don't usually violence. say that about voxel games. I'll be up. I'll be pretty straightforward about that. Whoa! I really like the map. There's a lot to this game. There's uh. a lot to this game. So there, there are rare generations uh, that. So you, you get a rare building that uh, has a chance to spawn legendary stuff. It, it, like, the, hmm. the the mechanics are really complex, because the world is so big, they get in-depth like that, and it's just insane. I, I assume there's some kind of construction mode, or... You know, no, <sighs> you don't actually get to build. Hmm. That might be a good thing, but where would you keep all your shit? Just on you? Yeah, you have infinite space. Oh, alright. Well, that works. I, uh, I would like to like nestle a fortress in a in a hill or something. That would be fun. <laughs> um, I can't remember if that was something that they that was being discussed, but it may be available now. Or I do know you could bomb and destroy things, so there has to be some kind of equal opposite to that. Hmm. Uh, or at least like a place yeah. to put some chests and stuff. Look at the airships, Jesus! All right. Airships are new. Oh my goodness. Let's go to oh our goodness. next game because it looks like we're going to drool over this for a little bit because me and Steve are nerds. Oh. It's such a good game. I'm sorry. What's next? Psychonia When They Cry Phase 1 for you, the replaceable one. Visual now, goddammit! You tricked me with the uh, fucking long name and your little like CGI thing going on. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a cool game. What's this going to be? And look over. I'm like, visual. Are you serious? Visual novel? I'm done with this. No, ignore. I'm done. Thanks and cue. That's right, I like that sound. Down, 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 down. What is this? Okay, adventure, cyberpunk, indie, story-rich RPG. Are you sure it's not a visual novel? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Hello, how are you feeling today? I feel a visual novel. And live your most authentic... Stop. Stop on meeting, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Every time... Wow. It looks like it could be a point-and-click kind of type thing, too, though. Or maybe it is a visual novel. Uh, it doesn't look like my type of thing, though. It seems odd. Why is it about a cat that's... Uh... WWE 2K20. I would actually play this. I, I like wrestling games, by the way, for those who are unaware. I, I grew up watching wrestling quite a bit. It's only when we I left high school. We play wrestling games together. What's that? We should play a wrestling game. I'd, I'd be down for that, dude. Uh, but mostly, Q 
can we see some actual gameplay footage on this one, please? Maybe. That was almost over, Jesus. Oh, is it not out yet? Jesus Christ, come on, guys. Wow, yeah. they don't even have it in there. 22nd of so, October, 2019. So they don't even have a real trailer. Wow. Mm. Okay. Jesus. What teasers? It's $80. Yeah, that's for one copy, and that's not everything. Alright, so I'll add to my wish list, I guess. <laughs> he doesn't... He doesn't know, yeah. It hurts, don't it? It does. Alright, next up we have Crystar. Action RPG female protagonist anime. Oh god, this could be really good or it could be very... Why? Oh, Scott would love this. Oh shit, okay, here we go. Yeah, I don't. I want to see some movement in action. Yeah, like there's got to be more than just oh, I'm gonna walk over here and kill something. Now I'm gonna walk back yeah, here and kill something. I now took I'm two walk. steps and now I'm gonna kill something. There you go. Yeah, see, there we go. Yeah. Yes, this seems like a Scott game to me. Scott, Scott, you're supposed to be in this box. <laughs> Let me out. Weep to awaken your true power. Okay. What? Weird. Oh yeah, Scott would love the fuck out of this. <laughs> Somewhere Scott is sneezing. Somewhere Scott is crying because he's not doing his job. I'm sorry, I have to do it. So it looks very interesting. I'm going it's in the script. Lima. If a game that he likes is, is here, I, I'm supposed to... Oh, sorry, sorry, let me just... No script. You'll have to add him about this later. Oh yeah, no, I'll probably talk to him about it uh, tomorrow or something. Because I know he'll probably be streaming or something. Alright. I'm not going to add to my wish list because I'm not... No, you know what, I probably would play this. Okay, you can actually change. You can actually, it's an action, like, comboing type game, so that's kind of cool. Alright, so okay. we'll add to my wish list. It is Jesus, also $80. Okay. This week's right, Steam queue is all about taking your money. <laughs> Jesus. This week on Steam Takes Your Money. Oh! We're actually going to cover this later. <laughs> the long return. Is this a walking simulator? Uh, no, it's a adventure indie puzzle casual game. Oh, it's casual. I can't talk about this. I'm sorry. I can't play casual games. Sorry. But I'm a speedrunner. It's <laughs> antithetical. So it's basically about the story of a lion cub, I think, that or is some kind of cub, hmm. uh, orphan cub that retraces the steps from the last journey he took with his mother along the way to be challenged by fun, unique puzzles, explore amazing scenery full of life, and relive past memories of your mother. Oh, it's a, a fox cub. Yeah, there's been a lot of fox games recently. People have really That's gotten foxes into foxes. Are going to disappear? They're one of the species that are threatened. I'm sure. Oh, there's a good chance. 
They are scavengers, but people are, and they're also very friendly creatures as long as you, you learn to like keep your distance. They will actually take food from you kind of thing if you give it to them. So Oh wow. Yeah, there we've had several friendly ones out to a place that I visit once in a while for work. And back home, there was a couple that uh, people would feed regularly. I can't say I've seen many foxes. Less than ten in my life. I've seen a lot more things like wolves, bald eagles, deer, um, than I have of foxes. So, yeah. Apparently, I need some fox games in my life. Thank you, The Long Return. For changing my mind. Yeah, no, this looks pretty cool. I, I, actually, I will add that to my wish list. All right, up next we have Trine Four: The Nightmare Prince. Adventure, Trine action, Ford. atmospheric, local co-op, local. Stop with your local. It's right. We're in the we're in the age of like Wi-Fi now. Everything should be friggin' just. Online multiplayer. It shouldn't be just local co-op. It just doesn't make sense. It's 2019. If I'm not connected to every computer <laughs> on the planet, I'm disturbed. Every computer. Say that 30 years ago and someone else would be disturbed. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh. Uh, well, it looks like a good game. I can't believe it's trying for. That's all I'm going to say. I can't. It's right there in front of us. I trying three was like a couple of years ago, so trying two even. <laughs> All right, we have Arita Backlands Awakening. So is this an Australian game? Oh, Adventure in the Brazilian Backlands. Okay, that's different. Adventure in the Survival Female Protagonist. Scott. Scott, let me out of this box. Also, isn't it nice that we can full screen a video and it doesn't lag on the stream anymore, everyone? Oh, this is... So this is kind of unique. Uh, I guess they didn't have to worry about too much for color palettes. There's a lot of, like, browns and oranges, I guess, for, like, uh, you know, a backland kind of feel. Okay, there we go. He just made a tree. That's cool. Ah, uh, dude! Oh, God, there's a clan of goats after you! <laughs> I like how she bent down and picked up some water, you can tell. Because <laughs> the water went down when she bent over. I was like, wow! I want to do that. Can I play this game now? Just just that alone. Well, that it's an interesting, interesting game. game. Oh, no. Why like that? Why is that the end of the trailer? Oh no! It's so sad. Story survival invention of Brazilian backlands. Face the drought uh, to explore the more arid regions. Gather resources. Discover clues about the fate of the young Cicera. Alright, well that looks interesting. I'm not going to add it to my wish list, but uh, I won't ignore it either, because uh, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't play it. But like, if someone gifted me the game, I would definitely play it for them, no problem, because it looks interesting enough to play it. But it didn't have me really like jumping at it, so... But, you know, to each their own, so... Come on now. 
Wanderlust. Our world is a beautiful, majestic place. Discover it with Martine. Adelia, Tomek, Henry, and Henriette. And their transformative and emotional journeys inspired by real life, shaping adventure in the verge of literature and gaming. From a writer and director at award-winning The Witcher PC game. So, adventure, indie, story-rich, choices matter. I would probably like something like this, because I used to play, like, nerdy geography games back in the, like, DOS days. So, something like this would be right my alley. Just the exploration aspect has me interested. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Being able to go all over the world, look at different places and things, that's it's kind Beautiful. of interesting. Okay, uh, I don't want to dally on this one too long. We'll just look at the pretty stuff. Um, huh. Waterlust, go away. No, I, I want to treat it as if it were a visual oh, novel. This is so okay. trippy. I, like, I actually, I, I'm interested in seeing what, yeah, oh god, yes, add this to my wishes. It, it feels like a, a visual novel. Um, Kind of, but there's, you have to obviously make choices and like, there's like goals that you're trying to make as well. Bushbuck was a lot like that as well. We were basically going around the world just collecting different items from different places by reading clues. So, I mean, basically it's the same type of thing, but again, I'm a nerd for that, so this seems interesting to me, so... Like I said, I want to treat it like that, but it's still... I'm still interested in it in some way, and I can't explain why. Just because you get to look at all these maps, and like you get all this this information and stuff, and then you can make choices of where you're going to go, and what you're going to do. Anyways, oh! Next in the queue. Winds of Change. Visual novel, adventure in the RPG. When you say indie RPG, I'm worried. It looks like a furry game. No, when I say visual novel, that's what Winds I get of change oh. is So the comrade conversation. It's a visual novel and I missed it. Yeah. Terrible, terrible time. I want nothing to do with uh, visual novels, personally. I'm just not into it. I, I don't think I should pay for pictures. Picture stories when I, I wanted to pay for a video game. It's like saying, "Here, look at my slideshow that I, I made on this <laughs> website." Now, give me some money for it. Now, give me twenty twenty-two dollars Canadian to look at this slideshow. And I'm just like, "Wait, what? Oh, well, I've got it arranged in such a way that it's a story." You're the story. Okay, and I'm paying you twenty-two dollars for that. No, I'm good. Freedom Finger! Oh, God. Wait a minute. We covered this last week. It was so funny. I can't believe it's a middle finger as a ship. (laughs) (sighs) Again, I'm not going to add it, but I'm not going to ignore it. Alright. I like Freedom Finger. It's so good. Our last game is Volleyball Fever. What the fuck is this? This better have... A few very okay. This is weird voxel characters. They're so janky, they don't even move the leg. Oh, that one doesn't even have legs. The camera's hurting me. But wait, wait, Steve. Did you yes. not just hear what I just said? 
What? That per there's there's characters here that don't have legs. <laughs> like How fucking doesn't have legs. Oh, what? When, wow. If you watch them move, they literally don't move their feet. They just slide. I'm so yeah, confused. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, um, we're going to end the Steam queue on confusion this week. What was that? We did not get to see as many good games as I would have hoped in the Steam queue this week. We will endeavor for better next week. Steam queue. Please. <laughs> Please. Alright, well, we're going to go back to more news, which our first one is The Long Return, which we just watched the trailer for. So we basically already know all about this game, thank you to the Steam Queue. So we will head to our next game here, which is Untitled Goose Game. The best game of the year? Question mark? It's for Nintendo Switch? Why am I... How would I say this? <laughs> the waddle. <I> mean. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Are you serious? Oh, oh, oh! You get to be a dickhead goose. Oh, this is <laughs> oh my god! What is the goose picking on us because global warming is taking up its climate? Oh, oh! He's gonna shoot you. As well. Oh, there you go. Yeah, fuck around with up. Yeah. <laughs> you told him to turn off the water, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> ah, oh, this is way too good. No. Oh, oh my god. Oh. Fly the plane. Fly the plane. Oh. This is the best ever. Oh my god, this game looks so awesome right now. You can, you can steal mail from people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can be nice and play this game with the old guy. Oh, or you just steal the ring out of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You just threw the. Wow. What? No. <laughs> Alright. Well, uh, the graphic style is pretty simple. <laughs> but uh, the concept of the game is. <laughs> Pretty fun. <laughs> the guy's like, what, what's the duck in the box for? Oh, smoke the pipe, duck. There you go. Oh, the oh my god, real. this is fucking... This looks hilarious, dude. Oh my god. Out now! Oh, fantastic. Untitled Goose Game by House House. It's a house for houses. That house looks awesome. Hmm. You should play it on stream tomorrow. Uh, I don't have a switch, dude. You can have a switch by tomorrow. Oh yeah, I'm just I'll buy it out of love. I'll just walk in Walmart and be all like, "Hey guys, just figured I'd run this soon." And I'll be all like, five hundred dollars," and I'll be all like, "Or a really nice hug." <laughs> And it won't even be creepy. Like I'll give you a nice one. Like you'll feel good after. Like, yeah, that was that was worth it. Turn around. Turn around. 
Welcome, El Spuddy and Raiders. Uh, you should show them the Untitled Peace game. And I'm needing you now tonight. I fucking need you more than ever. Thank you for that awesome raid, Mr. El Spuddy. How was your stream? Welcome to the podcast, people out there. Oh uh, yeah, we were just watching this new or this game that's out now called Goose Game, where you play as a goose who's a dick, and I fucking love it. Like I want to play this so bad right now. This looks like oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the goose hangs so that he would overthrow and steals the fucking ring, throws the mail to the water, like ass breaks the fan, doesn't even give a fuck. You now he's after this dude and boot was all like, what the fuck was that? Oh, yeah, anyways. Oh, that game looks way too good. Yeah, this game seems like a, a meme generator. A meme generator. Alright, we're gonna go to Mage Quit is the Magicka-esque party game to watch. Alright, let's have a look. Mage Rage and now Mage Quit today. Yeah, what's up with the mages, the angry mages? They're not making enough music, clearly. Is this a fighting game? Yeah, it looks like it. Looks like it's just like a competitive type game. Not much of anything. Eh. Top down, uh, like FPS uh, type of, or sorry, twin stick shooter is what I should say. Ah, twin stick, get <laughs> out of here. Well, one stick to move, and one stick to shoot, basically is how it mm -hmm. works. No, oh, I know. Wrong. It could be something else, but anyways. Uh, doesn't look like it's my type of game. Again, if I wanted to play a good game that's like that, I would just play something like Smash TV. That makes sense. That's just me. Alright, so we're moving on to our news now from IndieGamesPlus.com. Oh, we usually get to see a lot of good games over here, so. First one here is Nordlicht. Which is a heartwarming family adventure in cold climates. Oh, oh, there's no, there's no trailer. Oh, there is one. Okay. All right. So this point-and-click adventure lets you control this quirky family on their journey to the cold north. You will have to aid these characters by solving intricate puzzles and piercing together, and or sorry, piecing together clues to help you face nature's climate and dangers. You also want to make sure you at least know how to build a toasty fire. Your challenges may ramp up when mysterious star signals appear and you're in charge of figuring out what they mean. To contrast these tense adverse adversities, Jesus, uh, Nordlich shows many tender moments between father and daughter and guinea pig. Learn about your family's dynamics and watch them overcome their fears. I guess they have a pet guinea pig with them. Uh, Nordlich has a gorgeous art style to accompany its heartfelt messages, carefully crafting scenes to convey the bond between family. During gameplay, it shows off a cute paper cutout style that is reminiscent of kids' storybooks. 
which gives you the feeling of a journey that draws on childlike whimsy paired with a bond to carry for a lifetime. So let's have a look at the uh, trailer here. Okay, it has this uh, kind of like paper cutout cut kind of graphics to it. Come with me, Peter. Peter is the name of the gerbil. The hamster, if you will. They're not the same. I'm sorry, okay? I don't have a billion pets anymore. Oh, wait. It definitely feels it? like a storybook. Uh, um. Wait. I don't speak the Dutch. Sprechen the Deutsch? Angsten. Hmm. Oh. I don't speak, but I I understand a few accents. There's a Luke Wilson beverage right there. I don't think I'll be enjoying any of that. <laughs> so art style actually, had, it, it's kind of nice for a, like a paper art style. Like the detail and stuff is really good. Like especially when you're showing these parts. Come mit auf die... Uh, I don't know German. I do apologize. What? That's an interesting type of game. Alright, so up next is a game called One Night Stand. Asks how, you'd, asks how you'd act after awakening next to a stranger. So One Night Stand, now available on consoles for the first time, asks you how you'd react if you suddenly find yourself waking up beside a stranger in bed. Who is this person you've been sleeping beside? What did you do? The game immediately sets your mind swirling with questions about what happened and what you're going to do now. You're in a small space of their, of their bedroom, must decide how you're going to proceed from here. Depending on what you look at or say, you might find a growing connection with this stranger or find yourself out on the street in your skivvies. That's different. There is a trailer, alright. I'm out of here. Alright, the game's rotoscope visual style might incline you to connect with the stranger though. The style loans her a natural movement style and this touching vulnerability which we've explored in talks with the developer. There's a connection that forms in a hurry as you talk to the stranger and spend time with her, but after how you met, you might not have a great chance of having a second meeting with her. One Night Stand compacts a lovely story in life into a single bedroom. Does a stunning job of making you instantly connect with the stranger. If you've not tried the game yet, grab it on any of the modern systems. It's now out for and spent. It's now out for and spend a little time feeling an almost surreal connection with the video game character. Gross. The whole time, I was thinking, in one room with one person, like in a game like this. Is this basically a visual novel as well, kind of thing? Yes. <sighs> yeah. Will you stay or will you go? Or will you screw up? Yeah, it's unfortunately not my type of game, personally. 12 unique endings to experience. Well, that's kind of cool, though. Wow. Um, for those of you who like those kinds of things, yeah, that should be quite entertaining. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not so sure I like games that make you want to feel a certain way, and mm -hmm. that's 
what this game is designed to do. So there you go. If you like that kind of thing, mm -hmm. the art style might also interest you. Yeah, exactly. The art style is very unique. Mm -hmm. Alright, up next we have Daymare 1998. Draws from iconic 90s survival horror. Alright, Sinister Residences seem to be a big inspiration for Daymare 1998, a horror game that will have you following three characters as they escape an undead filled city. Chemical Weapon gets loose on an unsuspecting populace, resulting in everybody becoming a real drag to be around. I just don't get along with people who want to bite my face. I don't think that's unreasonable. Anyway, you'll be guiding a soldier, a forest ranger, and a helicopter pilot through the deadly cities you try to figure out what's happened, as well as find some means of escape. Good luck to the poor pilot, though. When was the last time you saw a pilot survive a horror game for more than, like, ten minutes? <laughs> oh, God. You'll have to arm yourself with whatever you can find to turn back the zombie-like beasts, as well as the sick mutations that have started to pop up in the city as well. You'll need to be stingy with your items, though, so if you can skirt around something that's stumbling your way, you'd better do that instead. Wouldn't want to run out of bullets when something really gross comes sniffing around. Sounds like a dog reference. In case that doesn't sound 90s horror enough for you, there's also some environmental puzzles for you to solve, which is exactly what you want to be doing and something is trying to gnaw your skull. It's a real familiar package, but with the developer's own modern spin to it on it, making for some tense, sickening horror for old fans and new. Alright. Let's have a look. to start out here apparently. Oh, hit me in. No. <laughs> oh, look at all those dead people. some um, odd-shaped beasts. Hmm. Looks interesting enough. Yeah, it does. There, it looks like there's a bit of a lore draw here, like you want to know what's going on in this world. Whoa! You can only hear the music I have at the same time that this trailer's on with no music. It's so ridiculous. Way too happy for this. <laughs> Daymare nineteen ninety eight. So getting ready to stop. <laughs> Will you get a move on? <laughs> Will you get somewhere to be? No, I just <laughs> You're over there lollygagging in podcasts. All right, up next we have Salad Fields. Solves puzzles with leather mice and furry boyfriends. All right, then. You better know, Mr. Six. 
No, I don't. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for this. All right, so Saddled Fields is a puzzling place where things act in strange, sometimes explosive ways. Luckily, you've got four magic furry boyfriends to loan you some handy powers. You can't see my sexy face. It was barely sexy at all. It probably wasn't Whoa, sexy. dude! Anyways, Saddled Fields casts you into a surreal dimension of non-stop puzzle problems. In each of its chapters, you'll be given a unique power from the aforementioned furry lovers... Uh, that will help you do something nifty with one of the objects in the area. You might be able to make pumpkins explode, or you might be dealing with amoebas copying themselves. Maybe skulls will roam around. All these things will need to be used in smart ways to get through the game's confounding environments. Oh, we have a trailer. While some puzzles are a big part of the game, getting to know the oddball inhabitants of this world makes your time that much more enjoyable. I mean, yippee is a gay leather mouse who bakes donuts using vegetables. Alright. There's an ampersand who is also a butler who also hates doing butler things. <laughs> a computer that's scared of Y2K. I want to know all of them. Jesus. Uh, Salad Fields has also made, uh, was also made by the developer behind the delightfully unpredictable Mbibli's Quest. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> so, expect what I've described to be just be a hint of the surreal things to come. I'm not saying you'll have to dance to solve some of its puzzles, but things will definitely head in some intriguing directions before the game is done. At the very least, I'd want to know how Yippie's making donuts out of veggies. Let's go watch this trailer. For those who don't know Mbibli's Quest, go play the game. It's free, right? It's now. free and it's fun. Okay. Not. <laughs> Scott's played it too, so. <laughs> He's got your back, Steve. Scott, get me out of the box if you've got my back. Pumlins explodes. Explodes. Um. It's definitely something. Bondage birds? Ah, why? Uh, I think because of bondage birds, <laughs> uh, I have some kind of like liability thing here where I have to say I don't like this game. <laughs> liability <laughs> thing. Yeah. Mole birds? Weirdo <laughs> characters, yeah, I'd say. This actually doesn't look terrible so far. I like it. I like the pixel look, except why is dude in a thong? That is so strange. Whoa, Whoa those are pixel boobs. Oh, I got sweet scab on my butt? I just read that. What is good? This is. Yeah, and for the those water. who haven't played Mabibli's Quest, it's also got a very strange story to it as well. Wow. Salad Fields. It looks very interesting. By Resnian Jars. <laughs> I bet you like the right, resin, resin jar. Jars. Re resin your jar. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I think... It looks interesting enough. I play it. It's a puzzle type game, so it looks very 
uh, Bomberman like, so I'd probably enjoy it. Yeah, that makes sense. Up next, we have Tiny Room Stories. Town Mystery rotates buildings to solve small city puzzles. Alright, so this looked very different. So this is why we're looking over this one. Tiny Room Stories, Town Mysteries, an adventure game where you play as a detective trying to figure out what happened to your father and ultimately your hometown. Your father has sent you a letter asking for help, so you return to the town of Redcliffe, but no one seems to be around. It was a small town, but it was not empty previously. Determined to figure out what has happened, you must explore abandoned houses, find clues, and solve uh, puzzles to figure out what exactly happened. The entire game works as isometric rooms or places that can you can swipe to rotate and see new sides of. You can tab objects that you want to pick up or interact with, as well as drag items out of your inventory into the world to use them. The puzzles within Tiny Room Stories are what really makes the game stand out. There's a huge variety of light puzzles, movement puzzles, and even puzzles that need clues to solve. If you're a fan of point-and-click adventure games full of puzzles, this is a really great one to play. I think somebody in this podcast might enjoy those. Puzzles? Puzzles? Point and click and puzzles. Puzzles! (laughs) Tiny Room Stories is divided into chapters, of which there are currently eight. It's worth mentioning that I have a season pass which gives unlimited hints. No ads between chapters and seems to have all the current chapters in it. So, this looks like it could be uh, a mobile uh, indie game. Which, that's also fun as well. It's alright. It's on a platform. There's a good chance I won't play it because I don't play mobile games personally, but um, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who do. Probably people listening right now. So it does look very interesting. Ah, okay. So rotating it shows you different little clues, I guess, or different changes. That you normally wouldn't see. Okay. Oh! Okay. He used the hammer that he found to break the bricks to find a passage. See? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. This could be a mobile game I could see myself playing. Wow. You can go through all the drawers and move the couch. Okay. I've. All of a sudden, I'm more interested in this than I was originally. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. This is a very interesting game. Oh, he set a extinguisher on fire next to a brick wall. Better passageway. Very nice. Fine. All right. Well, that was very interesting. Up next, we have Column of the Sea. Oh, yeah. This looks really cool, actually. Offers smooth, cute animations along with its challenging platforming. A legendary treasure awaits those who are willing to climb to the summit of a dangerous island. And you look pretty good going to get it, too. You'll face off against many enemies as you climb higher and higher, use your quick reflexes to slash and shoot away those baddies, and claim your treasures in Column of the Sea. Uh, I'm already liking the graphics as well. I'd like to see a little more of the graphics. That's really nice as it is. Players will be in control of Laika, a treasure hunter in search of the most valuable plunder of all. Guiding Laika 
Earnhardt, her somewhat intense boss, tries to keep her from getting into too much danger. The exchanges between these characters are sure to give you a tickle of laughter while you scale the island's gigantic caverns. Column of the Sea sports some seriously attractive pixel animations. It's hard not to want to bust out every attack to appreciate the smoothness of each action. It certainly makes battling feel like an art form. You want to hone your skills too because you won't want to put up against brainless enemies the whole way up. You have to prove yourself against some gigantic bosses. Luckily, with 15 different abilities to throw at them, you'll be well equipped to make it to the top. Many abilities are hidden well though, so players who feel the need to explore every inch of the map may find many handy tools to make their lives easier. It's also a female protagonist, so once again, Scott. pretty sure Scott's going to love this. <laughs> it's a four-minute trailer. There's a good chance we may watch all of it. It looks like it has a Metroidvania map. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there it is. Yeah, this looks fantastic. Look at that. Wow, that is smooth as shit. It's weird how the character bounces when she sits still, though, like... Yeah, it's a little, yeah. But, I mean, other than that, like, the, the animations for when she swings and stuff like that, the movements are fucking awesome. It's very, like, an animation more than, like, a video game, then. Almost like how yeah. Cuphead is trying to do the same type of thing, but in, in its own way. So this is... Like, the arm animations are a bit weird, and like you said, that little... Bounce. Yeah, the yeah. bounce is fucked. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, this looks pretty good. Um, the environments could be textured a little bit better. Other than just, like, here's some dirt, and all the dirt's the same color, and here's a block that looks slightly different, but it's still the same color. Again, I, I give these small little feedback things, critical feedback things, just so that, like, you know, if the, if the developer was looking for something they wanted to change, I don't know, maybe, maybe they hear something like that and make the change, I don't know. Either way, this doesn't look like a terrible game at all. No, and it could even be well, better. Wow, secret areas. Rocket bag storage okay. capacity increased by five. Well, that's cool. Rocket bag. It looked like a phallic item. Hey, hey, it, hey. I'm just calling it what it did. It looked like it was a big fucking dick with fucking plus five on the bottom where the ball should be. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, oh, listen, if you're going to hey, 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 I will say, 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 so. <laughs> oh, those are rockets that she's using there. Okay. I was like, what is she firing? She's just swinging her hand. Yeah, no, but you, the projectiles are actually rockets. Right. She's swinging her hand and getting rockets. It's so interesting and weird. Ah, story. Oh, it looks like uh, it's on keyboard and mouse. So very interesting 
the art style is rather simple. Mm-hmm. But it looks Just, nice. Metroidvania uh, feel, yeah, that's yeah. gonna overpower a lot of the simplicity there. Oh, it's available now on Steam. Oh. All right. So let's add that to my wish list. It just came in on the 27th. It's 12.49, so probably like 9.99, 8.99 American. All right. Up next, we have Minotaur. Turns an apartment complex into a deadly labyrinth. That first picture is kind of cool. The like technology, like covered hand, and then just misses there. He's just wearing regular clothes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very nice touch. All right, let's hope that this is not another visual novel. But drawing inspiration from Zero Escape and Danganronpa, futuristic adventure game Minotaur traps nine people in an apartment complex and tasks them with trying to escape it, preferably alive. Minotaur offers five possible routes you can play through the game, each offering their own take on the characters you meet and the interactions with them. Through your dialogue choices, the puzzles you solve, and the path you take through your home turn lethal maze, you'll reach an array of different endings. Hopefully you'll eventually figure out what you need to know to get most of the poor folks out of here safely. <coughs> uh, the early access release of Minotaur starts you off with Nod's route. Nod has a few skeletons in her closet that will likely come up throughout the explorations, but with a little help from a sharp-tongued AI pal, Ollie, maybe you can overcome them and make it out. As long as you can figure out the game's puzzles and fight an ancient robot, you should be all set. Are AIs good at fighting ancient robots? Well, it is ancient, so hopefully it's all rusty and useless instead of possessed of incredible power. You never know how this ancient stuff will work. The remaining four rats will be added to the game for free of over the course of its development, which gives you plenty of time to help Nod get to the varied endings, which developers describe as wicked, sad, very sad, brutal, and shocking. Oh, so maybe don't get your hopes up for escaping this place after all. Jesus. All right, then. That's interesting. Let's have a look at this. It looks like it's a visual novel so far. Yeah. But I mean, it's not just vis a visual novel. Consequences and uh, horror definitely changes the game, and so do puzzles. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Oh. Technique, you're actually making jokes about oh, the girls, Ollie? Okay. I was really hoping there was going to be some type of actual gameplay, you know. It all looks 
like that point and click adventure style. Yeah. I have such an itchy ear. Jesus. Alright, so that, that pretty much tells us what that's like. It's kind of a point and click adventure type game. But yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that they have so many different endings. They'll be adding in five or was it four more stories? Or five more stories. I believe it was four. All right. So up next we have Later Gator solves conspiracies through mini games and investigations. That sounds interesting enough. Oh, the art style is really cool too. <laughs> What's Pat to do when they find themselves at the center of a conspiracy that could bring down their whole family? Goof out some minigames, that's what. Well, the minigames aren't the central aspect of adorable adventure game later Gator, although there are 30 silly games for you to enjoy. You're mainly, uh, mainly looking to explore Alligator New York in hopes of finding clues as to this whole conspiracy thing, what with your family being in trouble because of it. Thing is, there's about a hundred different folks all over this vibrant town, and no one knows which of them have the information you need. Well, that's good stuff. Mm. Try not to. F that sounds. Sorry. Sorry. I was gonna say that sounds like uh, you could take a lot of time to just having to go around and talk. Well, sorry about that. Cut out the first segment as well. Did I? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just continue reading. <laughs> now that trying to get this information is a chore, these folks are all quite charming, funny, and interesting in their own ways, making conversation a delight. It also gives the town a real small town vibe as you get to know everyone, steadily growing to learn about their quirks and feel like you really fit in. Except for the fact that someone is clearly out to get you and your family. That does put a bit of a damper on the friendships you're forging. Oh yeah, and depending on how well your sleuthing goes, you can get a number of endings, meaning you could possibly mess up this this up permanently. Your mother will be so proud. Anyways, Later Gator has a striking city filled with fun folks for you to meet and all given visual personality through the developer's animation style. The game's got a lot of charm, from narrative to visual style to playfulness, so you'd best take a detour to this reptile-filled town soon. So it is available on H.I.O. and Steam. What? <laughs> what the fuck? He's shredding, man. Oh, He's yeah. Shredding. He was Don't loving judge it. Him. Oh. <laughs> this is actually really interesting. It's like a cartoon. Yeah, it's definitely different. Buddy had a ball cut there. What the heck? Say Pat Biz. I guess so. <laughs> All right. Next up, we're gonna go to. Around Mars flings moons into the planet's atmosphere. So, a simple concept for a mobile game, but with lovely visuals and relaxing audio. Around Mars sees you attempting to get moons within the atmosphere around the planet Mars. 
This sounds pretty simple, but the game comes with many challenges. For a start, all of your moons appear at the bottom of the screen. You must flick them softly into the atmosphere around the planet. The atmosphere is shown by some lines around planets which phase in and out to give you a hint of where you aim for. Hmm. If you fling your moon too hard, it will fly off the screen and often hit Mars. This isn't your aim, so you'll need to be gentle and pick a good angle. Soon you'll have to avoid the multiple moons that you've placed in the atmosphere, as colliding with another moon will destroy them both. Other objects also start to appear, as well as smaller moons and planets with their own atmosphere. You need to avoid the other objects in the atmosphere and take into consideration the path that your moons will take around the other atmospheres that you find. Alright, successfully flinging all your moons into the atmosphere will result in three stars, though I was rarely able to get all of them in and often pass with one or two stars. At times, if your toss is soft enough, your moon might bounce off of Mars and stay alive, which is a good feature if you are lucky. I found the best strategy was to pick up Pick a time to fling the majority of moons out, then wait a bit as everyone got settled before flinging the rest here and there. Hmm. Sounds interesting, you know. It's a pretty simple game. I like the concept, <laughs> and it's just enough to keep you playing, like if you're bored sitting somewhere. Oh, look, it's 8 bit raindrops coming to the stream. Hey, how's it going, 8 bit raindrops? Check out some around Mars with us here. Alright, so let's see if this can. Okay, here we go. Oh my god. Okay. Juggling. Oh, this is kind of cool. Oh, you lost the first one. Oh. Whoa! They almost hit each other. Okay, that's trippy. This is super Whoa. trippy. Oh man, there's some problems with those orbs. Oh my god. Oh! Oh, your last one. Oh, your last another one. <laughs> the, okay, so this is a pretty cool game. Again, I don't play mobile games, but... Holy shit. This is so cool. Super enthralled by this game right now. Yeah, really though. <laughs> She's all I got. I need to get this on before. We... <laughs> yes, please. All right, up next we have the Indie Games Plus uh, trailer Tuesday from last Tuesday. So let's just go and look at our games that we have this week. First one is Peck and Run, built by itch.io. Heck and run. Oh, no worries at all. Okay, you actually have to peck. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I like this, like, flashwords <coughs> 3D kind of thing. Not that I played Flappy Birds, but. Yeah. I mean. Oh, this is awesome. I like this. I don't know why, but I do. 
Pack and run. Pack and run. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> itch.io if, if you're interested. That's pretty okay. cool. So basically, for those who can't see, Pack and Run is you're a sandpiper on a, on a small like beach, and you have two wood frames on either side of you. It's like almost isometric. And uh, you run out, you have to pick and try to get as much food from, like, washed-up shells and stuff before uh, another small wave comes in and try to wash you away kind of thing. So, like, you have to run away from the wave and then run back out into, the, like, calm water as it starts to wash out and just get more shells. And uh, It's kind of interesting. It's, it's nice. Again, definitely different, which has come up a lot tonight on the podcast. Uh, Unrailed is our next one. It's a co-op multiplayer game where you have to work together with your friends to build a train track across endless procedural generated worlds. That sounds interesting as well. Oh, excuse me. Oh, whoa. Get resources. Craft track pieces. Whoa. This looks like it would be so much fun to play on a community night or something. Oh. Get the train going, guys. Come on. Toot toot. I want this. Oh my god, this looks like so much fun. <laughs> and then the world's procedurally generated, so that's even cooler. And repeat. Oh, dude, I want this so bad. Build your track, make it to the next station. Your train can derail, what? Yep, if you don't build quick enough. Oh, you can do like oh. versus as well? That's crazy. Oh, this, this looks like a fun game. It's on Steam. Okay. Unrailed. Done. Unrailed on Steam. Added to my wish list. Why did I ignore that? You ignored it? Apparently, yeah. How could you do it? $22.99. Now, now that I see the game, it actually looks. Uh, I probably ignored it because it was voxel. Maybe I should ah. start paying attention to the voxel games because some of these look pretty good. Well, Cube World was. Uh, I'm so glad it's out. Mm. Yeah, what indeed. Alright, so up next we have. Oh, I think we went and looked at this. Uh, Sojourn. Wasn't this last week? Not sure if it was last week. It might have been in another um, podcast, but I don't think there was a, a trailer for it yet. Maybe I'm not sure. Okay. I apologize. I'm a little sleepy from uh, getting up early and working today, but uh, that's why. I've been yawning all night. It's all my fault. <laughs> I haven't seen or heard you, actually, so. I've been trying to keep it stifled. So it's a puzzle-type game. 
Seems like a lot of people go with these puzzle games. And I don't mind puzzle games. I just, I want to see more types of game play together. Mm -hmm. Alright, up next we have Blank Bit. A glitchy vertical platformer that demands snappy reflexes and moment-to-moment -moment decision making. Zip through dying discs one depth move at a time. That sounds interesting. Sounds like something cool kid would play, actually. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to say yes. Oh, whoa. Oh, I like the art style, the pixeliness. Won't last long in that state. You have to use the colors, it looks like. This is really different. All different colors give you different moves, I guess. That's what I was thinking. That's really cool. Boost erase. Blank. That's a lot of bites. <laughs> wow, well, that was cool too. Jeez. Cheese. Cheese and video game crackers. So it's literally, it's almost like down well, but reverse, up well. <laughs> Making it home is our next game. You're a ladybug building a marvelous contraption to travel from one side of America to the other. Fans around your vehicle, hoisting sails, squeezing bellows, and spinning propellers. How will you make it home? Okay, what? What is happening here? I don't know. <laughs> tell me. <laughs> I, I can't tell you what I don't know. What? what? This is so trippy. Alright. So. it. This game is a thing. You have to see it to know. Anyways. Oh, this looks like it could be promising. Stygian, Reign of the Old Ones, release date trailer, Lovecraftian type of game, okay. Delve into a role-playing game of horror, loss, and madness set in the strange world of H.P. Lovecraft. Stygian, Reign of the Old Ones, offers a mix of rich role-playing and turn-based tactical combat represented in an illustrative visual style. Can you find salvation in a dead world? I don't know, you tell me. Telling you right oh, now. Oh, hello. What? Wow, the the art style is fucking crazy too. Ooh. Yeah. So there's wow, there's a lot of customization, so there is a lot more RPG aspects than what you initially notice and see. A lot of it was just movement more than anything, so yeah, this is kind of cool. Oh, sanity. Damn. 
ruinous spells that come with the price. Alright, so this is definitely a trailer you might want to check out for those who can't actually watch this right now. It's a pretty cool looking RPG. Uh, it's like a... Even, oh, I don't even know what type of style of drawing this is. Or animation, I guess you'd refer to it. What the f... I don't know, but I like this game. It looks pretty cool, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's different for an RPG, but... Good different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Alright, up next we have Diorama Dungeon Crawl. Master of the Living Castle. Uh, Low-poly 3D Diorama action, action inspired by 16-bit action games, Diorama Dungeon Crawl brings that style of challenge to a fully 3D environment Battle monsters, avoid traps in your quest to claim the heart of the living castle. Hmm. Living castle, okay. Oh, okay, this is kind of cool. Oh, I like that style. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, this is definitely not what I expected. No. I don't know what I expected, but this is pretty awesome. Yeah, really though. Oh god, gelatinous cube! <laughs> the bottom was all frayed and nasty. What? Gelatinous cube? Yeah. Whoa! What the fuck? Is that a werebear? Yes. Holy crap. Alright, so this is kind of cool too. Jeez. Got a little trailer Tuesday. Alright. Uh, this so, makes up for the Steam queue. Yeah. Next we have 3000th Duel. Early access trailer for Steam. Let's have a look at this. Oh, we've seen this before. I, I didn't think it was called this, though, when we looked at it on another podcast, so... Uh, I remember I wasn't commentating for this one, but it looked vaguely familiar. Yeah. Let's <clears throat> pause that. Alright, up next... Oh, yeah, here we go. Children of Morta. Didn't we cover this? Yeah, we've covered this before. This is a fantastic-looking game. Dead mage, more mages. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. So far, cinematic is fantastic. It's like real animation. Mm-hmm. Like Disney Always stuff. Always smoking his pipe. Of course. Then the party formed and the game started. Wait, what? Why were there dead people down there? What's going on? Oh, I didn't really show the whole thing. Children of Morta. Alright, looks amazing. Again. 
love? Oh, yeah, 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 uh, that's right. Oh, yeah, this looks really good. Oh, now I really want this. Yeah, yeah okay. no, this, like I said before, this game looked fucking awesome. The detail in it is, like, amazing. Wow, that pixel art, it's something. Yeah. Jesus, this game looks so good. Alright, so we've seen it before, so let's go back here to our trailer Tuesday. Last one is Newt One. Non-violent musical, oh, 3D platformer, no. Sorry. Oh, 3D platformer. Sorry, we won't be showing you the. No, it's guys. not that. It's a musical 3D platformer, oh. so I'm not interested in that at all. Yeah, I'm just calling it out because it's a 3D platformer. Get out of here. It's retro indie pixels. <laughs> I mean. Alright, so. You asked me. Up next, we have our game called Disc Creatures, a monster collecting RPG that hits Steam soon. Let's have a look at the trailer. Uh, what up, Pokemon? What? Po what? Pokemon? Wow, this is fuck. This is 100% Pokemon. Except the monsters are unique, and I like the art style. Exactly. Oh wow! Yes, please. Is this free? I have no idea. Alright. Retro monster collecting RPG running on board nostalgia, but only in the right place at the right time. Now, October 17th launch plan for PC. Ah, and it's on Steam. Alright, so. Once again, let's go to Steam and have a look for it. Uh, disc creatures. Oh, there it is. Oh, well, I'll add to my wish list. But that's all they show. They have no price on it just yet. They don't know what they want to charge or what they can charge and get away with. Mm -hmm. They still have to face Game Freak. So it's almost like a very Pokemon type game, but it looks like it's um, Battles of. Three V three. It looked like it didn't always have to be three V three though. Three characters down here, three up there. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh no. There was one there just then. A single okay. Okay, that's that's cool. Single creep. Oh, oh, never mind. That was something else. Maybe something else happened there. I, don't know. I thought so. That's pretty interesting, though. Uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing more of that. And that comes out soon, October 17th. So, definitely. Very Pokemon esque, as they say there. Mm -hmm. Alright, so for those of you who have not played Chasm yet, uh, it's a Metroidvania type game. It just got a massive update. Um, 
What's that? Update? Yeah. Uh, it now has an arcade mode, daily challenges, more translations, unique and legendary items, a new chiptune soundtrack. Chiptune soundtrack? Done. Wow. Um, okay. 86 plus new rooms, new background art, enhanced combat and AI, better controls, and other balance changes. Ooh, that sounds good. It looks good. I'm pretty sure is it, uh, it's on my wish list. I do not have it yet, but it is 35% off. It is currently 14.81 right now. Let's have a look at the trailer real quick, so you guys can have a look. One year of adventures. It looks fantastic. Hey, look, a floating sword. Oh, God, I love the way it looks so good. Hungarian, Jesus. That's very specific. Yeah, I feel like that's oddly specific. Maybe Hungary's getting a lot more gamers. Who knows? Yeah, so the the graphics in this game look fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm really liking it. See, if you haven't seen Chasm yet on Steam, go check it out. You will definitely not be disappointed. Alright, so up next we have four Kickstarters that we're going to be looking at. Our first one is one that is uh, they're looking for a little bit of money. They're looking for $657,890. They're currently at $203,555. This is called Everspace 2, an open world space shooter with deep exploration, sophisticated RPG elements, and an engaging sci-fi story. The sequel to Everspace. They still have 28 days to go, and they're already at one-third of their goal, basically. There, but what's the, the trailer look like? Oh, it looks good. <sighs> I hope they release it if they get through or something. I mean, I hope there's some kind of compromise, you know? Mm -hmm. This, this game deserves to be played. Looks pretty good. But uh, we know someone who's also developing a game that looks similar to that, except they're actually having, like, terrestrial missions and stuff in it, too, so... Yeah. And they're doing it on their own. So that's also very interesting. Yeah. Like I said, good luck to these guys. I hope they get it. Mm -hmm. um, we don't hear about them again. We don't hear about Everspace 2. We'll know what happened. So, they're looking at about $44 for a copy of the game. That's a pretty good price for a game with that good of graphics, mm -hmm. and it doesn't look laggy at all. No, so, looks yeah. pretty good. So, $44, 30 uh, euros for those of you out there. Steve might be able to do conversion for American monies. So I don't know. <laughs> It's just like five bucks less, don't worry about it. <laughs> five bucks. Jesus. Yeah, they, they have a lot. 
in this. And I mean, if it's a sequel to another game, then yeah, they, they already have something mm-hmm. to build with just with that yeah. alone. So. Yeah. Like I said, I really <laughs> hope they get it. I think they might have asked for too much. You know, whatever. It looks like they're an actual do. studio, too. So maybe they're yeah. in the studio. I, I don't know. Maybe they're asking for all the costs to run the studio while it's being And everyone they have hired on are working there, too. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we're going to move on to our next Kickstarter here, which is called Bound by Blades, a monster hunting action RPG. Uh, it's a cooperative four square action RPG inspired by the Monster Hunter series. They're looking for 39948 They're currently at 7500 They have 23 days to go. Let's have a look at their trailer, shall we? It's actually got, a, like I said, a very unique. Um, style to it. It looks like kids storybook but mm-hmm. uh, it has this like I guess updated kind of look to it. Like a more digital kind of look to the to the art. But I know uh, what you mean, yeah. Other than that the the actual like action style I found was a little bit weird. Like you're going back and forth from these four little dots around the enemy and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different, that's for sure. Oh for sure, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, I like the customization of the character. That's really nice. So far, I don't really get much of the uh, of the fighting. I guess you can. Well, no. Oh, you can move on. Oh, it looks like those. he's walking around. Yeah. Okay, so that's different. I guess you can have special attacks at those points, perhaps. Could I don't be, know. Yeah. There's a short little trailer there. 19% funded. If you're interested in such a game, mm-hmm. you may want to go fund it. So let's see. Alright, so you can get that same game for iOS for about $10 Canadian, $7 US. Android oh, wow. edition, same amount. Steam Key, $20 Canadian, $15 US. So twice as much. Actually, a little bit more than twice. No, twice as much for us, a little bit more for you. Huh. I melted. I don't know why, but I, I melted it a little. <laughs> Game, um, it looks like the, the moving around enemies can be interesting and weird. Oh, it looks like we have a Slay of the Spire type of movement on a grid here. Like a, we move from dot to dot and you can ch- ch- change oh, wow. different spots where you're going. So that's uh-huh. kind of different. I don't know if it's a game that I would play much of, but I mean, I'm sure someone out there, of course, would enjoy this game. So, I mean, anything we can do to help them, why not? At least I'm bringing it to the te- attention of the peoples, as best I know how to. Alright, we're going to move on to our next Kickstarter, which is called Necrofugitive, a medieval horror action platformer game. Escape justice as an evil shapeshifter on the run, this brutal 2D action platformer. They're looking for 33290 They're currently at 5640 So, uh, they're not terribly far yet. Uh, they still have 24 days to go, so they still got some time. So let's have a look at this. Black Garden Studios. Art style looks... Oh, nice! Whoa, whoa! Oh, the art style looks very nice. 
Oh lord. Holy what? crap. Oh god, there's a oh, oh oh my god. What is up? We're always finding at least one Kickstarter that has like like one of the most amazing games that we find that day. Oh this is fucking awesome. Whoa. Wow. Holy shit. Oh, oh, dude, dude, dude. Oh, Jesus! Okay. What? Wow. Wait, two of them now? Wait, you got a bunch of minion dudes? What the fuck? Oh, my lord. What? Okay, dude. So far, that's the best uh, Kickstarter we've seen online. Oh. How are they not at 33000 already? That looks so good. Oh, Black Garden. Really good job. Wow, they're only asking $20 Canadian, 15 American. That is not bad wow. considering how well this game looks. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks real healthy. I have a boner. Hey, hey. Monkey TOS, friend. No, there's no Toss Monkeys in here. Got it. Ah, got him. Oh, my lord. They have a lot of different awards over here. Oh, God. Whoa, whoa. There's only one well, backer if you could have backed it for 2500 Their name is, get, they get their name under the credits of Alpha Tester. Access to private Discord Alpha channel, early builds of the game, exclusive Kickstarter character skins, digital airbook, digital copy of Necrofugitive soundtrack, digital copy of ne Necrofugitive on Steam. Jesus. Wow. Oh, wait now. You develop an environment concept of an entire level. This includes setting, assets, props, weather, and every tiny artistic detail you can imagine. Anything from scarred battlefields to collapsed dungeons. You'll also be involved in backstory writing for your design level. All design decisions are subject to our approval. So basically, design a level for the game. That's pretty cool. It's insane. All right. A wonderful way to get involved there. So what's our last Kickstarter for the evening? Well, let's head on over there. It is called Other, Her Loving Embrace. They are looking for 53264 They are currently at 25422 almost 50%. They have 26 days to go. There could be a good reason for that. It's a stylish turn-blazed? Stylish turn-based platformer oh my God, RPG. He's so deep. Oop, la miere. Thank you for that host, good sir. Whoa. Her loving embrace. Stylish uh, turn-based uh, platformer RPG. Uncover the secrets of a time besieged by the supernatural. I'm pretty sure. This one's gonna be pretty nice as well. We'll, we'll see. The land's so very strange, yet very. So much Ooh, to okay. 
Oh, feel free to do so whenever you'd like to, Mr. Uh, Peter. Mm -hmm. The trail's starting right now. Wait, what? Oh! 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 What is... What? Whoa. What? Okay. Alright. Whoa, wait, 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 there's stuff going on in the back. Oh, you actually see the fighting? What? Whoa. Whoa. whoa okay, whoa. this is cool. This is fucking cool. What the fuck? Oh, wow. Okay, so, again, for those listening out there, very 8-bit style, but, like, Oh, the fighting action is so crazy. It's not actual just RPG-type uh, fighting. There's also, like, platforming involved. There's a bit of action and stuff. So that's really cool. Oh, my God. Gershom. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Alright, so our last two Kickstarters of the night had probably two of the best looking games for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, there were a lot of other good games, but those two were... Holy cow. Oh, man. I hope they get I hope they get funded, and if they don't, I will be sad. I'm going to be in the audience hoping to hear about these games oh, again. they're always at 50% in the sub 26 days. I think they'll be alright. <laughs> oh my god, that looks fantastic. Yeah, anyone listening out there, do yourself a favor. Go watch the trailer. You can also play the demo as well if you go to the Kickstarter at 48% right now. It's called Other Her Loving Embrace. Her Loving Embrace. Man, so nice. Well, we did it. We're here. It took a little longer than I thought it might. So, $20 for the game, Canadian, 15 uh, American. That is not bad at all. That's the same as Necrofugia, but both of them had their own type of styles, and they both, oh, well worth $20 each for sure. Oh, I'll be hitting you up on your social media, Mr. Other RPG. It looks so good! Oh, I want to see what the top... Top five, jeez. 15, 25, 10,000. We'll fly to your house and make you dinner. I make a pretty mean vodka tortellini. Jesus. <laughs> wow, wow. That's a little much. Um, I mean, that's one thing you could do, yeah. <laughs> Love this game. I, like yeah. I said, I want to see more of it and the, the Necro... What? Necrofugitive. Necrofugitive, yeah, yeah. They were both fucking awesome. Alright, well... Steve's face is super close. We have Steve's nose keep, and eyes. I've been moving a lot. My chair's been. I move a lot too. Small, no worries. Small, so uh, we made it through the podcast. Thank you for everyone who's here live. Indeed. And to everyone listening later, we hope you enjoyed as well. Yeah, we got to see some really nice games. Two really good kickstarters there as well. So. 
All right, tonight, uh, hey, well, we have step. Oh, there's actually a bunch of fucking people. Uh, and hopefully you won't have as much problem on this side of the webcam. Oh! <laughs> when Scott gets back. There it is. There's the 11 months. Thank you, Peter. To you, too, for 11 months. Putting that money on you, sir. Thanks for the 11 months. At tier 2, Mr. Peter Cashel. You are a gentleman and a scholar. At least from what I've been told, anyways. A scholar first, a gentleman second. (laughs) Alright, so that ends the uh, podcast for tonight. I'm going to host up someone I was going to host on my last stream. So that would be Mr. Father Crazy. And he's over there right now playing some Minecraft. Seems like a lot of people have getting into it lately, so why not throw you over there? Have yourselves a good evening. Thank you, Mr. Six, for joining me. Hopefully we'll have no Scott problem. back next week. Scott, let me out of the box. That's all I'm going to say on this subject. <laughs> we have enjoyed your time here, Mr. Six. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And again, that. look forward to us having a podcast in the near future as well. And for everybody else, have yourselves a good evening. We will see you here again next week for another podcast. Go enjoy some Father Crazy and some Minecraft. Good night. Send the love. Good night, everyone. All right, dude. Since.